I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two, two Films, Too curious. curious, where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Boom! It has been a long time since we've done this. It has. We've had a lot of tumult. We moved. Yeah, that's Just a big one. got things in our lives, but we're back. Back again. Back for revenge. Back to the future. <laughs> We're just all of them. We've got them all in our hearts. So, but yes, we're back. And uh, this week, these past two weeks, eh, this week, past month, month and a half, <laughs> we watched four movies, ditched two of them, lost my notes in the move. Right. And ultimately, this podcast is about the 13th Warrior and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And our topic was reimaginings, but also. This is yet another in our series on adaptations. We should probably watch the movie Adaptation. Is that like a science, like a sci-fi one? Yeah, and I don't think it's actually an adaptation of anything. Oh, (laughs) it's just gonna be one film. Too curious. Well, it's it's an adaptation of the book, which is itself an adaptation of a play, which is based off a true story. Wow, (laughs) that's a lot. Anyways, do you have words to say about reimagining? I have a word to say about epics. Oh, okay, yes, because they are both they're both reimaginings, reimaginings of, of epics. epics. Yes, I love this. Yeah. I'm very excited. So, uh, 1580s is the first use of epic in the idea that pertaining to or constituting a lengthy heroic poem. Is it your boy Milton? I don't know. Oh, okay. Probably. <laughs> uh, which comes from Middle French epique, which direct, comes directly from the Latin epicus, from the Greek epikos, from epos, which is a word, a tale, story, proverb, poetry, basically. Okay. Um, the extended sense of like grand or heroic or like a like a like an epic adventure, but not in that sense, is from 1731. It's just this the first time they recorded it as like grand or heroic. Okay. In, in English, um, and an epic is, those of you who may not know the definition. It's a long poem, typically one derived from oral tradition, narrating the deeds and adventures of heroic or legendary figures, or the history of a nation. Oh. Interesting. So, in both of our cases, it's heroic figures. Right, not the Although, history of a nation. history of a nation, the KKK is in A Brother Art A Brother Art Thou, yeah. That would be the birth so of that nation. have already gone full circle. Right. Hey, that's it. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I think next time we'll post more movies we're watching for the next one. And uh, we love you. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, so, what, I guess before we get started. Um, summaries, yeah. What would you consider, oh, before we do any of that, I forgot. We have a shout out. Shout out to co-tagonists Bill and Brenda for having funded just a lot of hamburger and hamburger helper, hamburger and helper, hamburger and helper, and Andre and champagne. No, actually, there was no Andre, but it was a, a lot of really great wine and a lot of really great hamburger helper. It was an upgrade from Andre. Right, it was. It truly was. Yeah. That red was delightful, and the white was nice and interesting. That hard chard from Nineteen Crimes. Oh yeah, that was really I good. Like the hard chard. So thanks, thanks, uh, co-tagonists Bill and Brenda. For giving us food. That was thing one pre-summaries. Thing two pre-summaries was, in your mind, the definition of epic, would you say it was similar or would you add something or take something away for what your personal definition of epic is? I mean, I guess I would take away History of a Nation because I don't know of any epics that are like that necessarily. Okay. And like it. 
the rest of the de- 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 definition is my definition. Okay. I would say. What would you consider to be a reimagining? How would you define reimagining? Um, some I would say in, if you have a scale, reimagining is below adaptation. It's closer to an original idea. Okay. Just because an adaptation, I feel like, is you're, you're going to take as much as you can from the source material, or at least if you're going to do it mm-hmm. right, quote right, unquote. Right, quote unquote. You're going to do it, take as much as you can from the source material, but a reimagining is more of a, you're just kind of taking bits and pieces of it. Yeah. You're taking at least less than I think you would take for it, like a strict adaptation of something. Okay. I can live with that. And that you could do it in the same medium. I feel like oh. an adaptation is, you're going to move from medium. From, yeah. Okay. And then I re, you could have a reimagining of a, of a movie that's already been out. Right. Or something. Okay. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I feel like that's that's a thing. Well, like, uh, like, oh, I had one and it's gone now. Some of the Wizard of Oz stuff, or Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Would be maybe a reimagining. Oh, yeah. Because they have the, those newer ones. Yeah. Oh, Tim Burton ah, ones. the live action remakes of things. Those right. are reimaginings. The Beauty Aladdin and the Beast, and, yeah. Aladdin, The Lion King that's coming out. Okay. Cool. Okay. Now that we've got that nailed down, uh, I should do... Which which movie should we do first? Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. For 13th Warrior. All right. So give us the summary of the 13th Warrior. So you have your boy, Ahmad, Ahmad Ibn Fadlad, and he's got like... It keeps going. Right. Ibn is like son of, right? Or right. Or whatever. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but we're just going to call him Ahmad in this... Uh, summary i can live with that he is the court poet i didn't know this till i read the summary um of the caliph of baghdad and he uh, gets exiled basically he's in love with someone else's wife or maybe he doesn't really strictly say what happens but maybe you know they're flirting with each other so they're like right all right buddy we're gonna give you a a new position right which is basically exile you're gonna be the ambassador for the norsemen okay all the way up in in the far, they just call him the Northman. Right. Um, he travels with his buddy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his buddy's name, and he's not in it that long. Yeah. So I'm just going to say his buddy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he goes up to to the Norsemen. They get saved from the Tartars. Yeah. The Turks. Um, and then he gets there kind of right as a king has died. Um so they're kind of, they're having a funeral. He kind of gets to see the customs that they're that they're doing the way yeah. the way that they do things, which is very very different from the way that he does things. Yeah. Um, like there's a part where they're passing around this bowl full of water, and then like people will wash their face with it in their hands, and they're like swishing it and spitting it back in, and they have him like, "Here's your turn. You can do it now." Ooh. It's about to storm up in this piece. <laughs> if you can if you can hear the thunder, if that translates onto the podcast. Um, but basically they go, they're kind of just, they're conversing through one other Viking guy that knows right. Greek. Yeah. Um, his name right, I say, is, yeah. um, Ahmad knows Arabic and his buddy knows Arabic and, and Greek, Greek and the Norseman knows Greek and, and whatever Nordic language they're speaking. Right. Yeah. We'll call Presumably it Norse. old Icelandic yeah. or old Norse, but Herger, that's his name. Herger the joyous. Okay. That's, he kind of becomes close friends with Ahmad over yeah. the course of the story. Um, but is that the guy who calls him little brother a lot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of the next day, this kid shows up and he's standing on the bow of a ship, and then he's like, "Help! You know, I come from a, another kingdom, far to the even further north. We're plagued by like this. They never mention it while they're there because it's like right. you can't say that. Like 
don't say that. So right. These are the Candlejack is what the they're being evil. Played by. Yeah. <laughs> don't say it, the Bye Bye Man. <laughs> we should have done the Bye Bye Man and Thirteenth Warrior. All right, next week we're gonna watch Thirteenth Warrior again and do the Bye Bye. Man. I'm sorry for interrupting so many, so many times. It's okay. But they end up. Um, they bring like a witch, like a like a soothsayer or whatever that they mm-hmm. have, and she's like, "All right, you need to send thirteen people." He's like, "All right, we need this kind of person." They're like, "Oh, me, me!" And then the last yeah. one, they're like, "It must be no Norseman." So they're all looking around, and Ahmad's pretty much the only dude because his butt's really old. Right? Yeah, he's not. He's not out here. He's not you know, slagging no swords. You know, Pucking like, no punches. It's got to be you. He's like, kind of gonna get gets coerced into right. like, well, you, it has to be you. Hashtag fallen told. Um, it should, I guess it doesn't need, really need to be said based on the time period, but he is um, Muslim. Yes. So he's a very strong Islamic right. faith. Um, over the, so they go, they journey to this new place. They kind of slowly over the course of several interactions with what they're called the Wendell, that they basically, they think that they're these bare people that cannibalize and then they like disappear and there's right. never any bodies left or anything. Over right. the course they they of, clear out their own dead. Yeah. Over the course of a couple different fights, they kind of find out that these are people just wearing bear costumes, essentially. Yeah. Furries um, is what we call yeah, them now. Yeah, they're furries. Because um, it even says on Wikipedia, says they <laughs> identify with bears, which basically... <laughs> In all ways except physical, they are bears. <laughs> um, but they... So they have several kind of altercations. Several of their people die. Yeah. Um, Eventually, they go to another soothsayer lady who's like, well, you have to... Basically, because each time they fight, they're losing more men. They right. don't have that many men to begin with. And the right. Wendell, there's just like hundreds of them that they need to go kill. The mother of the Wendell and also like the, the warrior leader that they have. So like, all right, now it's time for a sneaky mission. They sneak in. They find where the Wendells hide. It was, they really, like, Metal Gear Solid their way in there. Right. They end really? up, <laughs> and then they have to, like, stay low. Um, they end up killing the mother. Well, Bullwiff does, who's yeah. is basically Beowulf is right. like his name. Um, but in the in the process, he gets scratched, he gets poisoned by like this weird poison nail that she has. They go back to the town, and like, well, fuck, we didn't kill the warrior guy. We've lost like a lot of men now, so well, let's just like have a cool last stand and yeah. see what we can do. Um, the warrior shows up. Bullwiff kills him too. So that the lady, what the kind of witch said was right. Everyone else just disbands the window leave. Yeah. Um, and then Ahmad goes back to his home. Yeah. At the end. I like it. I mean, I skipped over some stuff, but it was. Sure, but the, that's the gist of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Old Brother Where Art Thou uh, starts with uh, three guys escaping from their prison chain gang. Uh, and running away, they end up getting to a train, uh, and try and get on the train, they can't, but then there's an old-timey guy with one of those, like, hand-lever train car things. Those are so cool. <laughs> and they hitch a ride with him, and he gives them some sort of prophetic advice saying that the treasure that they seek will not be found, but they will find another kind of treasure. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Whatever. Um, they end up going to one of the th- one of the three guys' house, uh, who from here on out we will refer to 
as their actors' names because I can't remember <laughs> their real names. George Clooney, whose real name in the thing is uh, Everett Ulysses I, McGill. Yeah, I remember Everett. Right. Um, and Ulysses is important yeah. What with it being the Latin version of Odysseus because <laughs> this is the Odyssey. Um, George Clooney, John Turturro, and... Well, that's in the title. The O is Odyssey. It's just you don't pronounce. Right. It's O. It's supposed to be Odyssey, Odyssey brother, brother. Where art thou? <laughs> and, uh, oh, crap. I can't remember his name now. From Buster Scruggs. He's got three names. He goes by three names. Doesn't matter. Anyways, the three of them, they go to um, one of their relatives' house to try and get out of the chains and get some money so they can head on their way. Um, the guy uh, sells them out to the cops, and so I mean, now it, it is the Great Depression, right? Yeah, they've poor. got a depression he's, going on. He says, um, got, "Right, I guess it's it's important that this is set in the 1920s um, or 1930s." I mean, um, and so they end up fleeing. Uh, they steal a car, and as they're driving away, ah, Tim Blake Nelson, right? Okay, and their real names are Ulysses, Pete, and Delmar. Great, thank you. I forgot we have the internet in our pockets now. Um, so Ulysses, Pete, and Delmar, um, and they they end up they steal a car and they end up fleeing. They go as they're traveling to get this treasure that um, Ulysses has claimed is buried at his house. It's like two point something million right. dollars. Um, that because they're damming the river is due to be flooded in a couple of days. As they're traveling to it, they end up picking up a hitchhiker. Um, at a crossroads. Who, right, at a crossroads who was sold his soul to the devil, which is funny because Pete and Delmar had just then uh, been baptized. <laughs> uh, and they continue to travel, and they stop uh, in a town because the guy who sold his soul to the devil said that there was a guy there that you can sing into his can, and he'll pay you money if he likes it. So this guy is cutting records in his radio station, and they go in and they sing this song, and they get money for it, and then they leave, and it turns out the song ends up being this huge hit, which is relevant at the end. Um, but they leave, and they continue on their way. Uh, the cops catch up to him a second time, and at this point, the guy who sold his soul ditches. He's like, I don't want to be part of this anymore. And the three of them are able to escape yet again. They run into uh, a group of sirens that uh, they believe transforms uh, Delmar into a frog, Pete into a frog. Yeah. They think he turns Pete into a frog. Because they wake up, and his clothes are his just clothes there, are there, and, and there's, there's a, a frog, frog in, in it. Right, initially Delmar <laughs> thought that his heart was still there, still beating, but it was just a frog. They take the frog, they run into a cyclops who uh, sees John the frog. He, yeah, it's John Goodman, and he thinks that the money is in the shoebox. Um, and they open up the shoebox, and that's where the frog is. And so he kills the frog and leaves them and, and takes he, their he car. beats the shit out of right. them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> takes their car. Uh, and so they continue traveling. They hitch another ride, and they see that Pete is on a new chain gang. They hitched a ride with a guy who is a, a bank robber. All right. Well, they did that oh, too. That was, that was before. That was yeah. They hit event. They met up. They met up with a bank robber, Babyface Nelson, who's not an actual bank robber in the real world. Um, and they end up. That's where they end up getting a lot of their money because Babyface Nelson doesn't actually care about the money. He just wants to be arrested for you know. He wants to be known for <laughs> thieving. 
And not being a babyface. Right, face. and not for being babyface Nelson. He gets really angry when people call him babyface. Anyways, um, Pete is back. Pete gets arrested. They see him in this theater that historically, as part of a, we're not, you know, inhuman, we will take our prisoners to a theater and they can watch movies, which is relevant movies later on. behavior. Right. Um, and they see Pete. And he tells them not to seek the treasure because he's told them where the treasure is. They end up breaking him out of jail. And they're in the town near his house, near Ulysses' house. When he, when Ulysses finds out that there's a group of people singing for a political candidate who's running for governor. And the group of people that are singing are his daughters, but they're going by their maiden name. And so he runs into his ex-wife, who has apparently told all of his, what, six or seven daughters... He has a lot of daughters. ...that they are, that their dad got hit by a train and that she's going to marry this new guy. He's bona fide. He, yeah, he's a suitor. <laughs> um, they, he's obviously not thrilled about this. So the other two are like, hey, let's just go get the treasure. And he's like, guys, there is no treasure. I did not get put in jail for robbing a bank. I got put in jail for practicing law without a license. There was no treasure. The date that they are, that they are damming, damming the, the river, rivers. which I mean, ultimately they're also doing, yeah. is also the date that she's, that she's going to marry. Married, right, yeah. and so he needed to get out so he could try and win her back. They end up going to... He's going to go try one more time to win her back. They go to this politician's... Uh, like radio broadcast. Oh, they're going to go there. When it they turns out, upon. right? They just just <laughs> wander right into a clan rally, <laughs> and the politician who Ulysses's daughters were performing for is the head of the clan. And it turns wizard. out they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill the guy who sold his soul to the devil, and they rescue him. They kill John Goodman in the process, and they get out. Uh, they're covered in soot, and they go to the guy's radio broadcast so he can meet up with his ex-wife, so he can convince her. They sneak their way on stage by pretending to be musicians, and it's at that point that they realize that the song they that they that recorded song, yeah. is Everyone so popular <laughs> that it has been sold out like statewide, nationwide, and everybody loves it. And so they start singing the song, and the people love it. Now and they recognize like these are the soggy right these are the boys. soggy bottom yeah. boys right the incumbent governor is there because he was going to see if they could, if he could get um, Ulysses's ex wife's husband who's the campaign manager to join his campaign because they're whooping him right yeah. the yeah he's not gonna win when the guy the clan politician comes in and realizes that these are guys that messed up their clan rally and he's like we need to get them out of here. And believe it or not, the people are not thrilled that the Soggy Bottom Boys are going to get kicked out. And so they now hate the new politician and love the incumbent for having... He because jumped, he's the current governor. And, and he, he jumps up and he's right, like, oh, He's dancing yeah. and he's made a part of it and he pardons them. Yeah. And so they're thrilled about that. Anyways, Ulysses' ex-wife is like, no, you're right. I see what you mean now and I will marry you. But you need to go get our ring. I think it's in the Roll Todd desk in our old house and so they go out there but the cop that's been chasing him all this time is going to hang him 
he was waiting there for him and he's going to kill him. And they're like, well, we've been, we've been pardoned by the governor. It was on the radio. And he's like, we don't have a radio here. <laughs> uh, which is about that time that they dammed the river. Oh, right. Ulysses finally prays. Like genuinely. Right. Yeah. And at that time, they dammed the river and everybody gets washed away. But they are able to float away on the coffin that was meant for the three of them. And also the roll top desk is there. Yep. And so they get the ring and it besides nice romantic tumult, everything is happily ever after. And you see that old man again. Yep, he's there again, singing. So yeah, that did I miss anything? I think that was a, a kind of a roundabout way to tell the story. But did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. Okay. Alright, let's just jump right in with similarities and differences then. So I only have one similarity. Okay. And it's kind of a cop out. Okay. Because I you just, know how they I love both a cop have out like, similarity. They both have mythical elements. They do. Although I think it's interesting that you say they both have mythical elements because I have that written down as well, but for different reasons. Where is it? Excuse me. Sorry. Okay. So while yes, they both have mythical elements, I have that written down as a difference because Thirteenth oh. Warrior tells you about mythical elements that it eventually shows you are or mundane. Mm-hmm. And oh brother where art thou shows you mon- shows you a person who does not believe in the mythical elements and once presented with something potentially mythical explains why it's mundane. So, in 13th Warrior, when the Wendall are mysterious and evil and monsters and immortal and all of these scary things, eventually Ahmad realizes that is not the case. They are easily deal withable. They are human. They will die. And if it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. We should have done Thirteenth Warrior and Predator. Predator. <laughs> Anyways, um, in O oh Brother Where Art Thou, like the entire time, Ulysses is laughing at Pete and Delmar for having baptized themselves. He's laughing at whatever his name is for selling his soul to the devil. Um, but at the one time that it is presented to him that something divine may have happened when the water floods and he is saved. He's like, Oh no, no. Like that was the time they were going to flood the river anyways. Like it's not that big a deal. So yes, there are supernatural things in both, but I think that it's interesting that one makes the argument that all supernatural things are mundane things that we just don't have an explanation for yet. And the other makes the argument, it doesn't matter how supernatural a thing can be. There will always be somebody who can explain why it's mundane and take the magic out of it. That's true. A similarity, even though both are, obviously both are um, based on epics, 13th Warrior is Beowulf, and O Brother Where Art Thou is the Odyssey, both are also based on secondary, closer parts of media. 13th Warrior is based on Eaters of the Dead, the Michael Crichton novel, which mm-hmm. is the story. It's yeah. it's it Change is right. Yeah, Beowulf. I mean, Thirteenth Warrior was yeah was an is is an adaptation of Eaters of the Dead, which is in turn a reimagining of Beowulf. But O oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? is actually gets its name from a movie called Sullivan's Travels, and I have that I have this shit for that written here, or I I screenshotted it. Sullivan's Travels is a 1941 movie about a guy named something Sullivan. Sullivan is his last name. And he's written all of these, like, movies. 
and he wants to write like he, he want, he's supposed to write an adaptation of a movie called Sullivan's Travels that's this modern and important work of critical fiction um, when he realizes that that was what he's supposed to be writing the screenplay for he realizes that he's not had any real struggle in his life and so like goes out and tries to like be a hobo and like run trains and 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 do work like that and the first time it doesn't work out and the second time like he ends up doing it so well that like he ends up getting arrested as this as like for i can't remember for being a hobo i guess um and someone else is framed for hoboing for, without a license right for hoboing <laughs> without a license and someone else is framed for his murder for the murder of S- sullivan oh. um and like while he's in jail they come into a theater like all of the prisoners do and it's like some looney tunes cartoon is on tv and the prisoners are just killing themselves laughing because it's the funniest thing in the world for them <laughs> and they're just having such a good time and he realizes that the people in the world that he's trying to emulate so that he can write this movie don't need this movie what they need is humor and levity and so he ends up getting out and all of this other stuff happens. It's not relevant. But he's not going to make the movie that way anymore. The Coen Brothers film, O Brother, Where Art Thou, says Wikipedia, borrows the title and has many plot similarities to Sullivan's travels. On the special edition DVD, the Coens say that the film is almost what Sullivan would have ended up making after Sullivan's travels ends. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Do you have any differences? I don't know if I have any other similarities, but if you have any differences, we can um, transition. So I have that O Brother is a period piece also, because yes. it takes yeah. place in the 1930s. 1937 is what Wikipedia says. Yeah. Um, but 13th Word generally takes place when its source material does. Yeah. Like, I mean... It's not a time difference from its source material. Yeah. From its epic that it's a reimagining of. Yeah. So that it's... One of them's kind of transposed, transposed forward in time from, you know, ancient Greece. Right. The reimagining that is Thirteenth Warrior is a change of viewpoint and not a change of time period. Yeah. And the reimagining that is O Brother is a change of time period, but not a change of main character. Yeah. I I like that. Uh, let's see. That that leads into my next one. That in Thirteenth Warrior, Ahmad is a the main character, but not necessarily the protagonist. Right, he's like Watson in the Sherlock Holmes stuff. Yeah, a protagonist, he's the, but he's yeah. not the main protagonist. Right, he's, he's not. He's not the focus of the piece. Yeah, right. So, although he is the one through whom we see yeah. the story, he the is story. not the main character of the story that we're ingesting. And then, no brother, the three of them are the main characters, and also the storyteller, like the, the protagonist. Right. Yeah. Um. I think that O oh Brother Where Art Thou has more, and this could just be that I've not read Beowulf, but it feels like O oh Brother Where Art Thou has more one-to-one direct analogs of things that happen in its epic. Yeah, or characters even. Yeah. that's On the Wikipedia summary, it even says, like, this corresponds to this character from right. the Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, this is the Oracle. This is the... Cyclops. Cyclops. These this are the is, sirens. This is this the is... suitor. These are this guy represents all the suitors of Penelope. Right. Yeah. I like that. I think that's interesting. Um, Although I mean, it, it kind of does a similar thing in Thirteenth Warrior, where it's like, yeah, bull wife and, and the then, Wendell. Yeah. 
Bullwife, when you hover over it and it links you to Beowulf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I wonder, I don't know. I don't know if that's just a different translation of Beowulf. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, as an outsider in Beowulf, I wonder if Antonio Banderas is less prone to superstition because this is a background that he doesn't believe in. And I wonder if that is a similarity to Ulysses in O Brother, Where Art Thou, who doesn't believe in what he considers to be superstition there. And similarly, um, Ahmad, at a certain point, is afraid of the Wendell and might think they are supernatural until he cuts one and realizes that they're yeah. human. And Ulysses does, as a last-ditch effort, pray Maybe that's a similarity. I have that as a difference. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Tell me why. I just have that, at least in regards to religious faith, mm. that, mm-hmm. that Everett has a crisis of non-faith. He has a crisis in his faith that there is not a faith. Right. That there is no God. Or it's just that he can explain it away with anything. Right. And then last moment when he prays, like genuinely, honestly prays, yeah. he, that's his little crisis of non-faith. But that Ahmad never, at least never verbally, you know, confirms any kind of crisis of faith right. in his faith. He is, right. Whether or not he believes that the Wendell are supernatural, he Does not never, his, right, he doesn't, yeah. yeah, he's never not a man of faith. I like that. Um, I think it's interesting that not only can Ulysses explain away this supernatural with logic, quote unquote, yeah. he'll even do it badly sometimes. Like when they're talking about the Oracle and either Pete or Delmar, I can't remember which one, says something about like, well, how did he know about the treasure? Um, and he says something about, like, or because he, he, like, the, the they said the Oracle said this and this and yeah. Ulysses is like, oh, well, it makes sense. I mean, like, based on the way that we look, of course you would say that. And he's like, well, but how did he know about the treasure? And he's like, I don't know, man. He's an old crazy man. What does he know? Let's see. Do I have any other... Do you have any other differences? Um, just that in 13th Warrior, the soundtrack's kind of a background thing that doesn't really influence... At least, at the very least, doesn't influence the plot. It's just there to for ambiance, basically. Yeah. But that in No Brother, the soundtrack is, at certain points, even a plot point. Yeah. Like when they sing their song. Man, Sirens. Man of Sorrow. Oh, and and the, that yeah. too, yeah. But like, yeah, it's... The songs are part of... What's happening in the movie. Right, they are both diegetic and non-diegetic music, depending. Yeah, and they have lyrics. None yeah. of the songs in 13th Warrior do. I think that it's interesting you brought that up. I had thought, and I don't know, I don't mean this in a in like hot takes way, or like I'm criticizing one or the other, but I feel like 13th Warrior, whether or not it has depth besides this, 13th Warrior feels like they set out to make a bomb-ass action movie. And bomb it did. Right. Well, we'll oh, talk no. about that later because that's one of my questions. Okay. Um, I feel like it doesn't it doesn't faff about with other things. It's not trying to do anything other than be an awesome action movie. Yeah. Conversely, Oh Brother Where Art Thou is really, I think, a cultural touchstone. Like it, it has it's the movie and it's the music and it's the visuals and it's the way they created the world and it, the Every single one of the characters, even the suitor who's 
not like I can't tell you the name of the guy that Bullwife kills in Thirteenth Warrior to prove that he is ready to fight. I don't know if they even mentioned the dude's name. <laughs> but the suitor has a name, and based on two lines of di- the first two lines of dialogue, you know exactly what kind of guy he is. Yeah. And I don't know... Like, I don't... When I was trying to formulate it when we were watching 13th Warrior, before we watched Old Brother War, I, thought I was, I was going to say something about, like, 13th Warrior does a better job enveloping all of the the ways that film can be used as a medium. And I don't think that's right. Because I think that 13th Warrior is, is a movie with just as much merit. But I think that it's interesting how one is like, action movie, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. This is how you make it. And then, oh, brother, where art thou? was like, but well, we can do all of these other things. Yeah, right. With what it does. Yeah. Um, I found out this earlier today that, oh, the brother, where art thou? is the first feature film to be entirely color corrected by digital means. Oh, interesting. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Because apparently, all the recording was like very, very green. It would they, one of the Coen brothers described it as like Ireland, <laughs> and in the movie it's all because it's the Great Depression. Right, it's it's got to be like right. like kind of dead and yeah. desaturated, and that's they did the whole movie that way. Yeah, just click a button, drop down the colors a little bit. It's fine, right? Just that's say delete so easy. green. Yeah, Bam. delete green. <laughs> Many a times that I've done that on Pixlr and GIMP. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, I have written here. This is not a similarity or a difference necessarily, although it could be yet another reason that uh, Ahmad is more willing to accept things that lack explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, he prays his prayer, but he also prays their prayer. Yeah. When when the Northmen went to the very end, right? He says the same prayer in reverence towards their gods although i don't i like you said i don't take that as and, and, and he's him not like disrespectful of faith. it right yeah. yeah he respects their faith and he follows his faith which i really like he i mean he doesn't say it explicitly but it's almost that he's thinking like well, they're, we're worshiping the same god right there's this a uh, multifaceted but he that just it's primitive they haven't you know right come to the realization that his culture has. Yeah, I like that. Um, oh, another thing I realized, I just gave that whole spiel about 13th Warrior not using I guess, movie magic to do cool movie things, except that the way that they show that Ahmad has learned the Northmen's language is probably one of the coolest yeah. montages in all of film. I think so. That's in that's in my question stuff too. Oh, okay, we'll get to that then. Unless would it would it be spoiling your question if you explained the scene? I don't know if I have any. No, other it's just it's my favorite scene in the movie. Okay. Oh, okay. That, yeah. So, well, do you want to do you want to start with questions then and start with that question? Sure. Okay, go for it. So, first is your favorite scene in each movie? Classic two films, two curious question. Yes. For Tyler to ask, or T Dog. Yes. That's my name. That's your name. <laughs> <laughs> who's tyler the fuck is tyler have you he, been doing this podcast he, without me he tells me and then i oh that makes my sense. idea guy ah um i have two for each one just because okay. it's hard to nail down a favorite scene sure the end when they say the the norse prayer the lo there do i see my father and yeah. my mother and my sister and my brothers that's like just super badass also invented for the movie that's not oh, an actual old norse prayer okay because <laughs> 
I was just looking because I was just looking at like Norse tattoos and stuff. And right. People have gotten that because it's a cool. It it's sounds cool. It's badass. badass. Right. And then like all these, there was like a bunch of. I went through a bunch of forms that were like, no, nah, this is not like some kind of old warrior oath or <laughs> prayer. This is from the movie right. Thirteenth Warrior. So get a tattoo of that, and right below it, get the "And shepherds we shall be, for thee, my lord, for thee." From what the fuck movie is that? Uh, Boondock Saints. <laughs> But it's, and apparently it's in the book as well, but it's different in the book. It's, okay. it's different enough to be, you're like, this is a different okay. thing. Um, but that and the language learning scene, which is the oh, way that they do so it. so cool. And it's so cool. And they do it even earlier is the way that, since he's our main character and he's our perspective, he's mm-hmm. always speaking English, even though technically he's either speaking Arabic or maybe a little bit of Greek or something right. like that. Um, and everyone else is speaking just it just sounds like Icelandic, like Norse, like an old Norse language. Right. It could even be a made-up version of something that just sounds Norse. Yeah. And for all we I know. I wouldn't be surprised if it just does just sound Norse. Right. Um, but after they, when he first starts traveling with them, after they get off their boat and they're traveling to the place, it gives you the montage, and it is like a, it seems like it takes place over like probably several weeks, but yeah. it's a really quick it's because they have to show back. it. Right. Yeah. Um, that... It's just kind of Ahmad sitting there, and you, he's like watching them and listening. And you'll get every once in a while, you'll get like one word or two words that yeah. they'll be like, "Old Norse, Old Norse, Old Norse goat, Old Norse, Old Norse." And he's like, like you can tell he's kind, he's learning the language. Right. Um, eventually, you start getting full like sentences with accents, and eventually, he's just learning basically everything. And one of them insults him. They right. say something like, "He's like, oh, she was a pig," and he's like, "Look like that one's mother." Yeah, and he's he so he goes my mother, and they all turn like what? <laughs> and he it's not just like you know two words. He's like you think he says like she was an honorable and noble woman, and at least or he says you pig eating son of a whore. Right, so at, at least, least I, know. I know who my father is. Right, yeah. So the first thing that he says <laughs> is badass is a your mama joke. <laughs> No, but it is a really. And they cool get scene. up, and they're all just like, "How did how did you how did you learn our language?" Yeah. And he's like, "I listened." Yeah. And it kind of he earns the respect with that. He really does. With that, with they kind of make fun of his horse because it's really small. Right. And then he just like hauls ass, jumps over. He just shows a mastery of his horse. Yeah. He can, these these few things kind of slowly earn their respect. Right. Similarly, my favorite scene from Thirteenth Warrior is a scene where he earns their respect. He's been given one of their large. Yeah. Sort of northern claymore two-handed swords that he can't wield. He tries. It's, it's, his... it's heavy. He can't do it. And he asks, is there a blacksmith around here? And they point to the guy. And he ends up carving into this beautiful saber with a curve. And he's, you know, flipping it around. And he cuts the things that he's supposed to. And they, they tease him a little bit about it. But, like, he it's he's back. He's back and he's ready. And he can fight again. In addition to yeah. the scenes where he learns their language, I also really like him feeling yet again comfortable with the sword that he wields. And it's weird to see a blade that is this sort of, like, like a Arabic yeah. area scimitar and the handle that is obviously a Norse, <laughs> old European sword handle. And, and or hilt, at that point, when they tease him, he takes it in stride. Like right, it's a joke for him, too. Right, yeah. I think what they say is, like, hey, when you die, can I give that to, to my, my daughter? daughter? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite scene from Oh Brother? 
Um, also, two scenes. I love. I just love the KKK meeting because it's just the just the absurdity of the whole thing. Yeah, I like that song that the guy sings. Oh, oh, Death. oh Death is one of my favorite songs. It's a really from good song. The, in the movie. But I just love that. I love that they like grab three the color guard basically put right. their stuff on. And they're just kind of like walking awkwardly, like yes, we're supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and then they end, up, they end up saving their friend and and killing uh, the Cyclops. Yeah, with a giant flaming cross, they just cut it down and it. Yep. In fact, they kill the Cyclops after disguising themselves as sheep to get out. Yep. Covering themselves in the white pelts of the people that they knocked out. Just like they (laughs) kill the Cyclops (laughs) in the Odyssey. Exactly. Maybe that's a stretch. What's the other one? uh, Just their whole little stint with babyface George Nelson. Ah, yeah. It's a weird scene. <laughs> because I love that when he's in there, he's just so weird. He's just like, keeps yeah. shooting the gun, and he gets the money, and he's like walking out. What does he say? Jesus saves, but George Nelson withdraws. Yeah. <laughs> I love in that scene when when they're going to the bank, and they're in the um, they're in the car, and, and the, the money cows. is just blowing oh, yeah. out of the car. And Delmar's like, uh, sir, some of your folding money's come on stone. It's just like hundreds of dollars are obviously flowing out of this window. And he's basically said, hey, you dropped a nickel back there. <laughs> What's my favorite scene? Um, I don't know. My favorite song is um, Down to the River to, Down to the River to Pray. Yeah. Um, and I do like that scene, too, but I don't know if it's my favorite scene. But the congregation? Yeah. Maybe my favorite scene is when they first record Man of Constant Sorrow. That's a, that's I like a Stephen good one, Root. Yeah. I like the scene. It's one of my favorite. It's my favorite like, song from it. I like that song a lot. It's one of my favorite um, jokes when the guy who records is obviously blind. And so when they're like, all right, I'll give you guys $10 a piece. And he's like, well, the four of us can sign our names, but Nathaniel and Barbal and Sex, <laughs> God, they're going to have to just write X's because they can't write. <laughs> just to scam another 10 bucks out of them. I don't mean to be telling stories outside of school, but there's a man pay you $10. He's speaking to his can. I like that. I like those. I like those scenes. All right. So my question uh, is uh, two faceted. One of my questions, two faceted. Uh, if you were to pick a different time period for Beowulf, if mm-hmm. if the Od- Oh Brother War Thou is the Odyssey, but in a different time period, and Thirteenth Warrior is Beowulf, but from a different point of view, what? other time period would you want to see beowulf in and what other point of view would you want to see the odyssey does it have to be a true time period no because i think like a sci-fi beowulf would be bad oh that would be cool yeah incidentally there's also but it's kind of different (laughs) yeah okay yeah i like that what about the odyssey do you have a different a different point of view character for the odyssey that one's a little more tough yeah since i don't want to pick one of the three because we really get all three of the perspectives for the most part um, it's obviously mostly Everett or Ulysses. He, right, it's his full name. Um, but I mean, it's you really you barely get any time outside of yeah. the three of them, except for when um, Pete ends up being rearrested. Um, I would say I would like to see more from like the Cyclops perspective. Okay, he's obviously a scam artist too. Right, like, he's not a. Bible salesman. Well, he may be, but he's right. He obviously scams them out of their money. Well, beats the shit out of them and steals their money. Yeah, um, he's not it's listening really to the book that scam. he's reading. Yeah, right. 
I love in that scene how they're beating the shit out of Delmar. Right. He is. And Everett's still just sitting there eating like, right, so like, what's the lesson? Yeah, I don't think I get what you're saying here. And then they hit him right in the face. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> what if you were to pick a character, like if the Odyssey was still set in the time period of the Odyssey? Mm-hmm. Is there a oh, character Oh, well, that... I would like Poseidon, Poseidon's perspective. Okay, yeah. So in it says in the movie that he is the police officer that's trying to find him the whole time, basically. Oh, I like that. Okay, um, that makes because sense. Because it is because he's just hounding right. Odysseus the whole time. Yeah. He's trying to get home. Um because you get still get most of like the same story basically. Yeah. You just get it from the perspective of the guy who's trying to mess up this guy's life. Right. Or at least in the story of the Odyssey, get back at the guy who scorned you. Yeah. Uh, I think that if I were to see the thir- see Beowulf done in a different time period, I think it would be interesting to see Beowulf as a war movie in a war that didn't take place in America. Oh. So I think that a Vietnam War Beowulf or uh, some sort of Middle East conflict Beowulf. That would be cool. Persian Gulf War or war in Iraq and Afghanistan think that would be super neat i don't know if we're far enough away from middle east conflicts to make a movie about a movie that is not is a little bit more apolitical but still has those things i don't know if we're far enough away from it yet but i think that we could probably do the vietnam war movie i mean yeah we got way. plenty of vietnam war movies right but i think that because we there are still movies about the wars in the middle east but they are very they aren't very apolitical. They're not very apolitical, and they're very much about the people that were involved in those things and, not, and treated yeah. with reverence or with with not treated with reverence, yeah. depending on the point they're almost. trying to make. And I don't know that I want... I This movie would not be... I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. So. But I think that would be neat. And I think that it would be interesting. I think it would be super cool to see the Odyssey from the point of view of, of Poseidon. And I think that um, actually the Jason and the Argonauts movie that came out, the original one, has a similar idea where it's the gods sort of playing chess against Jason yeah. as they kind of keep throwing things at him. But I think it would also be cool to see like sort of as each trial of Odysseus goes to report to Poseidon about how they failed. I think it'd be cool to see a movie where, like, Poseidon is sitting there and the Cyclops approaches him to talk about how he failed and Basilla and Charybdis go and talk to him about how they the failed sirens and the and, Sirens yeah. go and talk to him about how they failed. I think that would be neat. That would be a neat <laughs> way of seeing that story. And then the last one yeah. is the suitors and they're just sort of like, I don't know, man. <laughs> she just kept scorning our advances. Right? Ugh. Man, his dog, though, that's, like, Oof. the coolest and saddest thing. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> those of you that don't know his dog is old as fuck by the yep. time Odysseus gets home and the dog who hasn't paid a, given a shit about any of the suitors like looks at him and knows it's him and then it dies yep it's just like, it I can waiting do it now. for him to get back I'm yeah. done master, and now his watch is safe. ended yeah. I like and that. then the lady in red comes and she says weird things and he comes right. back yep dog's alive Fights a lot a of people say that's when that like, movie. I don't want it. <laughs> I was about to say that's that's when they say really jump the shark. That show. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in rewatching Game of Thrones, that shark was there in season five. 
Yeah, that's well. That's that seems to be the consensus of most of the online stuff too. Is that one through four is amazing, and then five Choice. is when it starts to. Yeah. It's when you get on the other side of that curve, and you're kind of sliding down now. Yep. Um. So mine's similar. What epic would you like to see adapted? And would you set oh. it in a different time period? Huh. Hmm. Let me think about it. Do you have an answer while I think? I do. Dante's Divine Comedy. Oh, okay. I would like to see that in a in a more modern setting than it's writing, I guess. I don't. I couldn't tell you like what time period necessarily, but not like you know, super old Italy, basically. Yeah, yeah. Is it like like a more modern? All right, something other than that ancient. Yeah, like I think that maybe in this like <clears throat> the whatever circles of hell would probably be different because they would be more right. modern sins certainly the people in the last circle of hell would probably be different yes <laughs> which is still my favorite thing that apparently betraying caesar is just as bad as betraying jesus yeah well it is because it's brutus cassius and judas that are being eaten by the three mouths of right. satan <laughs> brutus cassius judas hitler mussolini <laughs> the blue meanie cowboy curtis chambi the genie Robocop, Terminator, Captain Kirk, Darth Vader. They're they, all there. Why would the Captain Kirk of... be there? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not... I'm not... He's just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> He's asking, what What does God need but the spaceship? <laughs> Star Trek V is not the best Star Trek. <laughs> um, I think that I would be interested in seeing... It, this is not a great answer because it's it's not like I know a lot of epics. Yeah. Um, But I remember really liking... I, you know what? No. Here's the one that I want. I was going to say... Uh, Paradise Lost, but I'm going to take a much more liberal version of the word epic and similar to wanting to see Beowulf in outer space or in sci-fi, I would love to see outer space Moby Dick. Whoa. Yeah. Do you remember there was a thing a while back, there was this video short that was ended up just being sort of proof of concept for the, the art that they were doing, but it looked like it would have been honestly one of the greatest movies ever and it's this it's this spaceship and they're like chasing after this like cosmic whale creature whale essentially and they're chasing after it and chasing after it and the whale's huge like 80 times the size of their ship and they finally they get it they attack it and it's dead and they've got it on the thing and they're like one of the guys is like so we got it and the guy's like no we got our bait and that's Whoa. what it is. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and so that's what I would want to see. I want to see Moby Dick. Basically Moby Dick. Yes, yeah. in outer space. That would be badass. Yeah. I don't know if that counts as an epic, but that's what I'd I like to see, see old some more Old Norse stuff um, translated. Or uh, uh, reimagined. Although I think that for that, it's important to keep it in the time period that it is. Okay. Uh, because I feel like, you know, Marvel Thor is... is Right. Norse in modern times, basically. Yeah. Um, but if you get some, like... I wrote down the names of the poems that I really liked. The Voluspa, the Lokasena, and the Thrymskjolva. Okay. Would be cool. Because in the last one, um, basically, one of the frost giants steals Thor's hammer. Okay. Mjolnir. He takes it, and then he's like, I want your... I want Freya, I want your wife to marry me instead. Because that's what... If you want the hammer back... You gotta give me your wife. So what they do is they dress up Thor as his wife, and they dress up Loki like his, her handmaid, 
And they basically go, and Loki's whole job is to explain why she's acting very, you know, for the time, unladylike. Like, apparently Thor eats a whole ox for dinner. <laughs> and then Loki's like, uh, she was just so nervous, she hasn't eaten in the last week. That's why she's so hungry. During the ceremony, they give Thor the hammer, and then he fucking kills all the frost giants. <laughs> and they leave. But I just love, yeah. <laughs> just like... It sounds like something they would do in a Thor Marvel movie. For Old Norse stuff, they kind of would have to be like an episodic, like yeah. a TV show. Because a lot of these films would not lend themselves to a whole movie. But if okay. you had like episodes for each of the major like poems, basically. Okay. Lokasena is Loki killing, um, what's his name, Baldur. So. From and, Baldur's Gate, from the Dungeons and Dragons yeah, module? The guy, the gate, actually. Yeah, it's oh, just a no. gate. <laughs> that's rough he had to fight a gazebo next no he kills him with mistletoe ah because when he was born basically his wife or his mom one of odin's wives had the like the prophecy that he was gonna die so she made every single plant and animal and live material promise that it would not harm him but she didn't ask mistletoe because she was like mistletoe little bitch is not gonna do anything anyway and then Loki makes a spear out of mistletoe, and they're like, basically they're having fun, like, look at this, look at this, and they break a fucking table on Baldur's back, it doesn't hurt him, and they're like, whoa, look at this, crazy, and Loki's like, try this spear, <laughs> he throws it, and it fucking kills him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Loki runs away, that's, that's basically, that's the moment where Loki then becomes, not like the trickster, and they're like, Loki needs to pay for what he did. Right, he's not, it's, <laughs> it's not, not funny a joke. anymore, it's not funny when it hurts, alright? <laughs> it was all fun and games until he killed fucking... Baldur's it's game. It's funny when you transform into right. a horse or yeah. a mare and had sex and then you gave birth to a cool eight-legged horse so that right. Odin could have That's it. neat. That's dope. But this is not let's cool. dial it back a little <laughs> bit, all right? There's a... I had to do a project one time. We were talking about Norse sagas. And there's a story of Her- Hervor. Yeah. Hervor is a... Was the son... Or was the daughter of the of this lady and her second husband, the Jarl the earl and hervor just doesn't like want his, to do his name is earl and he's just the, he goes by the earl well no he is a, he is an earl don't be like that he is an earl jarl is old norse for earl anyways 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 um she just doesn't like to do all of the dope shit she's supposed to be doing and she likes to rob carriages and her dad the jarl is like just like your father and she's like no you're just a nerd and he's like no your real dad was a Viking pirate. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? A Viking pirate? That is too cool. A pirate? Right. And so she changes her name to Hervard, the masculine version of Hervor, rounds up a group of Viking pirates and just pillages stuff. Um, But she finds the island that her dad is buried on because she found that he has this sword, the ancestral sword. And she goes to retrieve the sword and she finds her dad's coffin, and then all of the ghosts of her ancestors show up, and they're like, Hervor, if you take the sword, your your whole lineage will destroy itself trying to keep the sword. She's like, you think I give a fuck about my lineage? I just want a bomb-ass sword. And so she takes the sword and leaves. Sure enough, like her, her children and their children and their children consistently fight over the sword, but they she doesn't care. So, so, basically, she was a badass. Yeah, she's pretty fucking badass. Uh, anyways, I thought that was neat. Uh, I have another question. In much the same way, your what 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 is your favorite scene? 
is a T-Dog staple, a Bill Mikesell mm-hmm. staple. Um, if you could pair one or both of me- these movies with another movie, what would it be? Hmm. It's another... I would want to pair 13th Warrior with... I feel like something that's also Norse and maybe compare how they show that. Okay. I don't know off the top of my head like another movie that has like a very prominent old Norse you know presence or right that's not just like they, they, would, they would fit right there are plenty of movies with Vikings in them but yeah I'm not gonna do Thor Ragnarok and 13th oh. Warrior oh. well you could though I mean of the three okay. of them it's the one with the most old Norse mythology yeah Fenrir and all of that and, the, and Ragnarok right yeah I think it would be interesting to pair... I don't know if there's enough conversation in this one to do anything about it, but I think it would be interesting to pair Oh Brother, Where Art Thou and A Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah. Talk about music. So I think that would be neat. Or, of course, 13th Warrior and Predator. Yeah, there we go. Or 13th Warrior and what was the other one that I had said before? I can't remember. I don't It was a joke. It was not that one. It would probably be Oh Brother, Where Art Thou and... A night sale, except that I think this pair was probably the best, at least of the movies that I have yeah. that I can think of. It's the best pair we've got. So, uh, do you have any other questions? Just one. Why do you think that Thirteenth Warrior was such a box office bomb? For those of you that don't know, <sighs> yeah, tell and them. And the generous, ooh, spill it, and girl. the generous low estimate, it's the twenty eighth largest bomb in box office history. At its highest estimate, it's the number one God. biggest bomb, one hundred and ninety million dollars. Basically, lost. because they it don't lost one hundred and ninety million dollars. They don't know how much it cost cost to make. It yeah. was between a hundred million and one hundred and sixty. Yeah, which changes the loss by quite an amount to where the right. highest amount of loss is one hundred and ninety, and that's the highest of all time. <laughs> so suffice to say, it's probably in the least in the top ten. Right, which is embarrassing. <laughs> like it's such. I think honestly, truly, I. Like, there are movies on our list that I would not recommend to people without knowing who the person was. Like, I just heard from uh, co-tagonist Chris at brunch on Sunday that uh, when he listened to the Dungeons & Dragons episode, he watched Gamers 2, but did not subject himself to Dungeons & Dragons a second time, having already seen it before. (laughs) And I don't blame him. I don't know if there are many people that I would recommend Dungeons & Dragons to. There are not many people I wouldn't recommend 13th Warrior to. That movie's just badass. And I, I have no... Although, you know, in, in a similar vein, like, all of the money that Boondock Saints made back, they made back in, like, in home media sales. Yeah. Because, uh, well, it came out the week of the Columbine shooting. And people yeah. don't really want a murdering vigilante movie yeah. the week of the Columbine shooting. So, yeah, but I don't think Thirteenth Warrior had a thing like that. I can't think of a single reason why it would be that way. It was such a cool movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't have an answer to it. I have no idea. It's so low on those things. It it doesn't have a Blu-ray release, not in America at least, because it's just it, they don't think they're gonna make money off of it. It's sad, is what it is. So it's not even really a cult classic. No, although it may not be old enough to be a cult classic yet. That's true. Even another couple of years. We'll get a, we'll, we're two films too curious. We'll single handedly make Thirteenth Warrior a cult <laughs> classic. <laughs> They're making everyone we know watch it. 
they'll have us on to do the commentary when <laughs> Shout Factory releases it on Blu-ray. <gasps> That's Because Criterion's not going to do it. No, of course not. No, I'm not <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if I have any other questions either. I have written here, 13th Warrior as Fantasy Oz... Um, <laughs> Yep, I I don't know what that's. Like. I don't know what it is either. Let me see. Let me look close. Is it like nope, I've got nothing. As fantasy, I don't know. There was another question <laughs> there, but it's gone now. It's gone for forever. And I don't think I have any other questions on the old brother or art thou page. Well, our timing is pretty no. perfect. Yeah, although I was going to ask, I think that I mean, it's we've both watched movies recently, and I want to hear what you have to say about your movie. Oh, and I want to say mm-hmm. what I want to say mm-hmm. about my movie. Mm-hmm. What was the most recent movie you watched in the theater? Mine was Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah? What did you think? It was awesome. Yeah? Tell us about it. So, going into the movie, I already expected... I've only recently become like a classic Godzilla fan. Yeah. Thanks to maybe one day protagonist Nick. Never going to be protagonists. <laughs> Built... Bill's brother and, and my brother in, in another sense. Because um, I watched the original Godzilla, yeah. 54. I watched the first one with Mothra. We watched Final Wars. We watched a couple other ones. Um, that I already... I didn't have any qualms about this movie. Yeah. I, was, I liked the 2014 legendary Godzilla. Um, but all the reviews were all just like, you can't just have monsters fighting and call it a movie. I'm like, no, it's you real really wrong. Can, right? <laughs> Pacific Rim was one of the greatest movies of all time, and that's all it was. So, yeah, exactly. It's the plot with the people I couldn't care less about. Right. It's not bad. It's no, whatever. No, but it's not important. But the monster fights are so cool. And you have that's so many cool. more monsters. Yeah. It's not just Godzilla and the Muda, like in the first one. Right. It's King Ghidorah's in it, Mothra's in it, Rodan is in it. Yeah. I mean, this is all in the trailer, so I guess it's not really spoilers, no. but... I'm excited to see Godzilla's it. Godzilla's in it, even. Godzilla's in it? Oh, fuck. He's the king of the monsters. Ah, well, there you go. He's not the king of the monsters yet. Because he's got one more battle to fight. He and really that's why be. I want to watch it. Because I'm ready for Kong? Godzilla versus King Kong when Kong comes and kicks Godzilla's ass. <laughs> fuck Godzilla. King Kong. You already know. It's going to be like Batman v Superman. It's not going to be like Batman v Superman. It's going to be like... Batman kills Superman. It's gonna be <laughs> King Kong's gonna win, dude. I don't know. I stab him until boy. Godzilla says, "Save Martha." <laughs> yeah. And King Kong's like, "Did you say Mothra?" <laughs> the movie I saw most recently uh, was uh, like two hours ago. Uh, I saw yesterday. When did you see it? Today. The premise, of course, being a movie where a guy gets hit by a bus, wakes up, and realizes that nobody knows who the Beatles are. They never existed. Right. Um, but, I mean, we went and saw it because it's a neat premise. But there were two parts that made me cry. And they made me so emotional that I cried when I was trying to explain why they made me cry. Sounds like you're about to cry right now. Well, <laughs> so... More at the risk because I don't want to give it away because it's a lot of really cool reveals. But this movie does a really good job of validating people who want to show other people art that they love. 
I've said before that my favorite part of this podcast so far is when you started to look up Master and Commander on Amazon <laughs> so you can buy a copy. How many DVDs do you have? You've done a count today. Well, DVDs and Blu-rays. I have fourteen. I own fourteen movies. Right. Which when and I you get Master and Commander, it'll be fifteen. Right. And I love that. And there's there are two moments in this movie where you can tell that there are people that are just excited that the rest of the world gets to enjoy the art that they love. And when they said that the first time and when they showed it the second time, I was just like, oh, God, this is so nice. So, anyways, would you would you encourage people to go see Godzilla King of Monsters? Yes, especially if you like Godzilla movies, if you, if you like that idea. I would also encourage people to go see Yesterday. If they like just regardless yeah i think that i think that i don't think you have to like the beatles to do it i think you have to be aware of who the beatles are well who else are going to be in the movie right (laughs) um but i thought it was just a really nice movie that talked about people who like things and i think that we need more of that anyways do you have anything else you want to say Mm -mm. remember the smash that subscribe button (laughs) like and subscribe to our videos on youtube don't do that. We have no videos on YouTube. If you find someone who's putting our, our podcast on YouTube, you need to let us know. Because we'll probably we'll probably be excited. Like I'd love <laughs> to see them animated. Like that'd be dope. Like some automations. <laughs> Anyways, we're on Facebook, Two Films to Curious. We're on Patreon. This is the first time that I'm saying this. Oh. We yeah. theoretically have a Patreon. I'm not expecting anybody to donate on our Patreon. But we have a Patreon and feel free to donate there if you would like to. Just go to Patreon and search Two Films Too Curious. But most importantly, Go to our Facebook and talk to us there, or email us we at two films two curious at gmail. Yeah, I'm. Do you, do you enjoy the polls? Mm-hmm. I enjoy the polls. I enjoy voting in them. I really, really, really need some people to start some shit on the polls because I feel like every time I post a poll, I'm really wanting it to be some sort of gotcha. Let's start a fight. And even when it's like forty people vote and it's dead, like dead even. Nobody in the comments is like, no, fuck you for saying the other thing. And I really want to start a fight. (laughs) Whatever. Anyways. uh, Yeah, that's it. So thanks for listening. uh, Stay curious. And we love you.